You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. The month of February, we've been talking about the temple, its systems and its practices. And we are looking at, as Christians, what lessons we can learn from the the idea or the ideology called temple ideology and so far we've talked about in general we've summed up the temple in two classes that is the temple that we call the meeting place that is the one that god said i will dwell among them god wants to have a physical location where he can meet with his people to have fellowship. So there's the meeting place. On Tuesday, after we finished with making sense of the things that God is asking us to do, the Lord gave me a scripture because I was still thinking about it. Why why all these demands? I mean, God can, he being God, he can just make the the entire process of coming before him is very simple. Now, we said that if we are able to make sense, if we are going to be able to make sense of why there is so much expectation on us from God coming into his temple, so much expectation in his temple, so much expectation in Christianity, in our work with God, in our serving God, we have to understand what happened in the book of Genesis chapter 3. Now, in the book of Genesis chapter 3, there was a betrayal. Man betrayed the trust of God. And because of that, we broke the covenant that he gave us. We became victims of Satan and his demons. We became slaves to them. We lost control over the paradise that he has put us in. In fact, we were driven out of that paradise. And we began to fend for ourselves. Literally, we had to think of what to eat, wear, and drink from the day we came out. Moreover, we are supposed to do it under a condition called the curse. So we realize that in Genesis chapter 3, when man was driven out of the garden, we lost all these things. So there was, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, right? So um, the, the Bible says, the Bible also says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory. So there is the falling short of the glory and there is the penalty of death that was put on our head. So when God instituted the temple with its systems, with its practices, and with all the demands that goes with trying to have fellowship with him, what God was literally doing was he was trying to restore us back to what we were in Eden. Even though in the Old Testament, he was going to use types and shadows to teach them, In the New Testament, he is going to use the substance to teach us. So we realize that because in the garden we learned disobedience, we had to be restored back to the place of obedience. We learned that in the garden we became selfish because he said that when you read Genesis 2 verse 8, he said that when he planted the garden, he put everything that was pleasing to the eye and good for food. And when man was about to fall in Genesis chapter 3 also, we realized that the Bible says that the woman saw that the, the fruit was pleasing to the eye and good to eat. And so we became selfish. We learned selfishness. And so by God asking us to don't eat this, don't do that, don't go there, don't think like that. What God is trying to do is he's trying to teach us to be selfless in our daily affairs he's also trying to teach us what it means to sacrifice because the bible says he gave them everything that was good for food and he just put two trees there and he says that don't eat it 
in our days a lot of people don't know what it means to sacrifice i'm thinking about this these, these are all just by the way i'm thinking about this in the light of recent um lgbtq and other nonsense arguments right where people say that i'm a woman but I, 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 I know that I am a man who was born a woman. Well, we are not going to argue with you that you are a man that was born a woman. Now you have come as a woman. So now that you've come as a woman, if you know what it means to sacrifice, you will remain a woman. It's like me saying that I was born a thief. And even though I've given my life to Christ, because I was born a thief, you should allow me to still steal. In Christ it cannot be so. Now, if you are going to make sense of this, I encourage you to listen to the, the message uh, that we uploaded um, uh, on Monday. That is episode 32. Then you are going to know what it means, um, how confirmation is the only way we can achieve transformation. Um, so that's, that's, these are some of the... There's also the issue of self-control, the issue of wisdom, the issue of living above the curse or breaking the curse and most importantly learning the way of love so we are still talking about making sense of god's demands in the temple now i told you when you read the levitical account that is when you start reading from leviticus chapter one all the way to the end if you start reading from exodus chapter 25 all the way to the end even though in the 30s of Exodus, there is the interjection of the calf worship and God, other things and some. But you are going to find in all these tests, also in the book of Numbers, in the book of Kings, you are going to find that there are all these requirements that were spelled out for the priest, for the people, and for our general approach to God, right? The more we make sense of these things, the more our worship of God becomes meaningful. Christ, Christianity, as we were introduced to many a times, we were asked to leave our mind behind. That if you are going to live by the principle of faith, it means that become foolish in your life, right? But God doesn't really want us to live a foolish life in the name of we have faith for instance um you 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 owe somebody ten thousand cities and you are supposed to pay back in two months time and you are not doing anything that is going to generate income for you rather you are just sitting in the house watching tv you are not praying you are not studying your bible you are not doing anything and they they keep reminding you that the time for the payment is going to be due soon and you say that oh when that time comes god will god will do a miracle because the bible says if i have faith all things are possible that is living foolishly a lot of christians are also asked not to question what god is saying because hey who are you as a mortal man to question what god is saying so we see a lot of things that are being done in church, but the congregation cannot ask the pastor, why are we doing this? What is the purpose of doing this? What are we supposed to get out of doing this? We are, we are used to in church, because I am a man of God, because I'm a woman of God, because I am the anointed of God, because I say so, believe it i am the representative of god and so in our time we have seen people eating grass drinking poison we've seen people giving their their panties to their pastors to their appointed people of god we've seen people do all manner of senseless things in the name of spirituality and the, the, when we dare to ask why are you doing this they say that god will punish us as if god is against us questioning 
the approach and the methodology that is being implemented to get man close to him one of the things i want you to get out of our teaching tonight is that god is not afraid when you ask him questions god is not afraid when you ask him questions how do i know this um we are still we are still doing by the way before we come to isaiah 66 in the book of judges i'm just doing all these things because um the holy spirit is is just pushing me in a direction and i know he's trying to make a point now god appears to gideon right and god commands gideon to go and lead israel out right so this is this is what happens i'm going to read particular versions right so in in verse 11 it says that that is judges chapter 6 verse 11 now the angel of the lord came and sat under the terebinth tree at Ophrah, which belonged to joas the abesrite while his son gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the midianites and the angel of the lord appeared to him and said to him that the lord is with you that is the first thing he said the lord is with you oh mighty man of valor that's the second thing he said you are a great man you are a warrior and gideon said to to him please my lord if the lord is with us why then has all these things happened to us now so i want you to see you gideon literally sees an angel and the angel says that you are a mighty man god is with you you can see that gideon is not moved by the salutation of the angel gideon asks a question i want to understand this if god is with me if god, if the god of my fathers who i have heard about if the god that i have heard about i've heard preachers talk about i have heard um my mother talk about my father talk about my siblings my friends talk about the god that i have read in the bible who we say he's a healer he's a mighty man he's a deliverer he's a provider he's a good god he's a kind god he's a benevolent god if all these things that i've heard about this god is true and he is with me then why is my situation like this and you realize that he goes on to say that why then has all these things happened to us and where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us saying did not the lord bring us up from egypt but now the lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of median then he goes on further the angel you know he goes on to and the angel gives him instruction that go and do this go and do that and go and destroy the altar in your father's house then when we come to verse 36 we see gideon say that then gideon said to god if you will save israel by my hand as you have said behold I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there be dew on the fleece alone and it is dry on the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And the Lord, and, and he did it, and it was so. But do you know what? The Bible says that Gideon was not convinced. He, he asked yet for another sign. He said, that, okay, this time around, make make the fleece only wet let everything around it be dry why am i saying all these things asking questions is the true way to spirituality i want you to write it down asking questions is the true way to spirituality why am i making this point I'm making this point because of what God said concerning Abraham after he made a covenant with him. In, in Genesis chapter 18, verse 17, 17 to 19, this is what the Lord said concerning Abraham. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do, seeing that 
Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him that he may command, that is the word, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. How are you going to command your children to keep the way of the Lord when you yourself, you don't understand what you have been commanded to do? How can you teach somebody how to live when you don't understand how to live? He will command his children after me. And he will teach them how to keep the way of righteousness and justice. So the reason why it is important for you and I to ask questions of the Lord. Ask questions concerning the activities. Why are we praying? Why why is it that for this situation we have to pray for seven days? Why is it that for that situation we have to fast and pray for three days? Why is it that for this situation we have to sing praises and just dance? Why is it that for this for this situation we have to give a sacrifice and offering to before this if you don't ask questions you cannot teach your children and so you see the reason why we can see that in the olden days the prophets were able to pass on their mantles and their giftings and their abilities to their sons after them is because they taught their children it's because they understood the process they taught their children how to hear from God. They taught their children how to see visions. They taught their children how to discern the voice of God. They taught them how to uh, interpret um, pictures and impressions in their heart. And so you are going to realize that when you look at Ezekiel, you are going to find that his father and his great-grandfather, they were all priests and prophets. So you are going to see that the grace that Ezekiel was operating in it was an ancestral grace you see the reason why ancestral cases are prevailing a lot in uh, even in christian homes is because the people who have been given the mandate to police the case they have been taught what to do to ensure that the case still operates it is only christians that can't operate in generational blessing we are always fighting against ancestral case but we are never implementing or testifying of ancestral blessings so questioning is the true way to spirituality if you are here and you are listening to me and even as you are listening to me preach teach and sometimes prophesy you have to question the things i say you have to ask is this true See, when you ask, is this true? It doesn't mean you don't have faith. You see, we've, 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 we've taught the church today to think that the moment we ask God questions, it means we doubt. No. Sometimes we don't ask questions because we doubt. Sometimes we ask questions just because I just want to understand. The Bible says that the disciples came to Jesus and said that, why couldn't we cast this demon out? Why? Because we remember what happened in Luke chapter 10. We remember how the demons were subject to us. And how in your name we were able to cast them out. But you know, Jesus said, this kind, that is Matthew chapter 17 when we read from verse 21 to 23. Jesus said to them, this kind... It doesn't go unless by fasting and prayer. How did the disciples become better? They now came to understand that there are demons that you don't need fasting to deal with. And there are other demons you need fasting and prayer to deal with. So what does it mean? It means that because they asked a question... They got one one degree or ten points better and closer to true spirituality and spiritual answers. 
a lot of us we don't have spiritual answers because we don't ask questions you are here and i said that oh i feel that the lord is leading all of us for the next three days that we should fast and pray you have to ask after i have said that you have to go back to god and ask why why is he saying that we should are you the one who sent him to come and say we should fast and pray for three days and what why are we even fasting and praying for three days what am i praying for if i gave a prayer topic that maybe god says that we should fast and pray so that um a, 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 a sudden blessing will appear in ghana and everybody's life will turn around you have the right to question is can 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 a nation be born in a day so people of god i am i, I am begging of you we are trying to make sense of our christian work which is we are christians but many of us are we are afraid of witches do you know why because when a witch says that i will deal with you he knows exactly what he is saying because after he has said that i will deal with you he knows how he is going to go into his room he knows the incantation he or she is going to make he knows the items that he will need to conjure the demon to come and police the curse he is placing on your life so when he says wait you will see he is not speaking into the air he is speaking fact but when a christian says that wait my god will deal with you most of us we don't know what we are talking about because we don't even know what we have to do to occasion the result that we want to see when daniel and his friends were about to be killed in daniel chapter 2 daniel knew that they had to fast and pray for three days and god will show them the dream of the king do you know what to do to get the result that you create you are you, our lives is riddled with poverty with sicknesses with plagues with distress with troubles with difficulties the question is if our god is as powerful as we claim how are we what we are why are we still begging for bread why is it that we are struggling to fend for ourselves why is it that we are saying that greater is he that lives in me but yet when we sleep somebody is always trying to choke the life out of us why is it that some we say that the god that we serve we he is powerful he's not only powerful but he has assigned powerful angels to be with us but you enter your room and the light comes on and off on and off on and off and you see a shadow on the wall and all of a sudden for the next seven days you have abandoned your room questioning is the true path to spirituality if your man of god or your woman of god asks you to do something and you don't understand you have the right to ask a question the bible says we should test all spirit if they tell you that your asking a question is a sign of disrespect for the anointing it's a sign of disrespect for for the oil on their lives if they say that because you have said that it means you doubt it and it will not work tell them that the bible says that we should test all spirits testing a spirit did not disqualify anybody from having faith so let's go back so we are we are advancing this argument that we are making with making sense of the demands of god and we are not just making sense because we we god has expectations of us in the temple god expects us to pray god expects us to fast god expects us to give god expects us to love god expects us to 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 be generous to be kind to be self-controlled god expects us to grow to mature to live in glory to have dignity to have honor god has all these expectations of us so he has instituted activities for us to uh, to to carry out in his temple so that his plans for our lives can be manifested but the question is do we understand it so isaiah 66 let's go to our scripture 
Isaiah 66 says this. Now, remember from Isaiah chapter 60 to 66, it all talks about the restoration that is coming. And not only the restoration, but also the promise of God for the future. So, in chapter 66, he says that the Lord says that heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you will build for me? And what is the place of my rest? He, what is God doing? God is asking us a question. And these things my hand has made, everything that we can think of, we cannot give God money. We, silver and gold, according to the book of, of Malachi, they are his. Silver and gold is his. So, what is it at all? Life is his. Honor is his. Haven't we read Revelation chapter 5? In Revelation chapter 5, verse number 11 and 12, says that, Then I looked and heard around the throne the living creatures and the elders and the voice of many angels, numbering myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, wealth, wisdom, might, honor, glory, and blessing. And I heard, when we continue, and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying that to him who sits on the throne to the Lamb be blessing, honor, and glory, and might forever and evermore. So everything that man can ever Think of giving to God. God already has. Let's go back to our scripture. Isaiah 66. So what is it that we think? Is it, look at Solomon the last time we were saying that the temple that Solomon built is the most expensive edifice any man has ever constructed for a deity. The temple that Solomon built, he built with gold. He built with silver. He built with bronze precious minerals it is estimated in our day if it was built today it was going to cost over 200 billion dollars when they estimate the gold that solomon received every year as tribute we are going to say in today's terms that solomon was paid over 1 billion dollars every year as salary or wages or income it was the most magnificent building that any man had ever built but god is asking us a question his throne is in heaven the earth that we dwell on it is the place where he put his feet <laughs> so what is that house what is that meeting place that you think that you can build is it a 10,000 capacity building? Is it a 20,000 capacity building? Is it a, a 100,000 capacity building? The entire earth is the place where he puts his feet. So what is that magnificent building that you can build for him? What, what, what is it that you can give about your life to him? But he says that, there is nothing I need from you. There is nothing. All I am asking you for is a, is a, humble, a humble person and a contrite spirit. That is, that is the only thing I am asking of you. I am looking for someone, Isaiah chapter 66 verse 2. I am looking for someone who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. We are talking about our reasonable sacrifice. You see, sometimes we, 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 we so overestimate ourselves when it comes to the worship of God, when it comes to serving in God's house, when it comes to adopting the principles that he has given to us to practice. Some of us, we overestimate our ability our capacity 
Some of us, you might have been born from a good home. God bless you. You might have been born into a, a, a very illustrious family. God bless you. Some people cannot even touch a rag to clean the chair in the church that they are. They say that this is my church. To them, they, they are beyond and above the rag. What is your reasonable sacrifice? Or you think that it, you, because you can pray for eight hours, it, it makes you so spiritual that, I mean, when you are coming, the entire heaven stands still just to see you say hello to god what is it that you can do to god so that you can impress god what what can you and i what can we do to impress god the god that created the heavens and the earth the god that how did you get bones in your in your body how did fingernails these hard substance how did it come out of your body all from one sperm. You have bones. You have blood. You have nerves. You have cells. You have muscles. You have tissues. You have organs. How did your heart form from a sperm? Do you know? So how can you impress this impressive God? What is it that you can do to impress God? You, you cannot create Jupiter. You cannot create Saturn. You cannot cause the earth to, 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 to spin on its axis around the sun. You cannot do any of that. So what magnificent thing can you and I ever give to God? To say that after this one day, God, I have over... Me now, I know, say, I try. What, what can we do? He says that if you want to make sense of all the things I am asking you to do, then understand that I am, I am so great. I am so, I am so beyond the, the description of the words of men. And all I am asking you to do, if you truly want to make sense of all the things I am asking to, you to do, so that you can enjoy the, the, the blessing that I have promised, then become humble. Be contrite in spirit. Honor my word. Three things. Romans chapter 12, we all know what is there. The apostle says that I appeal to you, I beg of you, I beseech you, by the mercies of God to present your body a living sacrifice. This morning I was reading it in the original Greek rendition and the Greek arrangement say that to present your bodies a sacrifice living. <laughs> oh, let me read it. I, I want to read it from, from the, the, the proper Greek arrangement. He says that, I exalt therefore you, brothers, through the compassions of God, to present the bodies of you, to present the bodies of you, a sacrifice living holy, a sacrifice living holy to God, well-pleasing, which is the reasonable service of you. So he says that present the bodies of you a sacrifice living holy unto God. I love that rendition. It is our only acceptable worship. You can't come to God to ask him questions when have you seen um, a student who doesn't know anything trying to question his teacher but the way he's asking the teacher question it's like he's telling the teacher that I know what I am saying, even though he's wrong and he doesn't know anything. Humility. 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 So many preachers are not humble. 
So if the preacher is not humble, how much more the congregant is leading? So full of ourselves. When, when, we, when we read on Tuesday in Philippians chapter 2, when he said that Jesus made himself of no reputation. Nowadays, we, we all want to have reputation. Do you know who I am? You are dirt and dust. You are from the ground. That is what you are. You and I, we are literally dust and dead. From the ground we came, from the ground we will return. Some, some, some girls, eh, you can't call them. If we are a man and you, you make the mistake to call some woman, hey, the way they will turn, the, the eyes looking at you, cry. it is a message. <laughs> who is your class? Who, who did, did you, did you, it, 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 their eyes is literally saying that, did you actually call me with your mouth? The, and sometimes it's even funny when they are in a group and you you call the one that you like and she will turn look at you and ask her friends did this one really call me (laughs) humble we are not humble we are not humble we are so full of pride you know one day i was in church and my senior pastor, whilst I was preaching, listen to me, my senior pastor, whilst I was preaching, he sat on the ground to listen to me preach the entire sermon. He did not sit on the seat. He sat on the ground. And when he finished, he came to kneel before me and said that I should pray for him. I prayed for him. But you see, he said that I should lay my hand on his head and pray for him. If it, if it was somebody, if it was somebody, he would feel like, ah, now my senior pastor recognizes my anointing. <laughs> you will lay your hands, Kura. You will lay your hands, and Shakura, you will lay your eyes, your toes, your hair, and everything. Do you know what I did? I told the entire church that let us all kneel and let us stretch forth our hand and pray for our our senior pastor, our man of God, our father in the Lord. Wisdom. I'm not saying this to say that I am humble. Me, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to be humble. My wife will tell you that I'm not humble. I'm learning to be humble. See, your beauty does not disqualify you from participating in church activities. I mean, sometimes we are, we are organizing a program in church and you, you offer people roles. And some of them have the nerve to tell you that, this one, yeah, I can't do it. So uh, I, I've, I've gone past this level. Oh, really? You've gone past that level? If God had gone past the level of dying from... Did, did, did you read in the book of Genesis chapter 6 when God said... Before he spoke to Noah that my spirit will no longer strive with men for they are, they are mere mortals. They are, they are dust. My spirit will not dwell among them. My, my peace will not be among them. Even their days, I have shortened their days. Now they are going to live 120 years. God said that. So imagine that God had taken that posture and said that that's, that's now my new posture. I, I, don't, I don't think I, I, I care about man again. You and I, where will we be? Jesus will not have come to die. Because, you see, some of us, we don't understand what Jesus did. God became man. Listen to me. God became man. Was brutalized as man. He said, when, when we read um, the book of John chapter 1, he said that he came to his own and his own received him not. We rejected him. We did not only reject, reject him, but we brutalized him. We scandalized him. We hurt God. Man hurt God. 
We beat Jesus. Can you imagine someone、um, who can call 12 legions of angels to come and rescue him at any point he wanted? He allowed himself to be beaten when he could say, Die, and all of us will die. Didn't you read in John's account when he was about to be taken? The Bible says that they came and they asked, He said, that, Whom do you seek? And he said, that, We are looking for Jesus. And he said, that, I, am, I am he. And the Bible said, that, They all fell down. They all fell down. You don't believe me? Let's read the scripture. Let's read the scripture. John chapter 18. When we read verse 4, I'm reading the last sentence of verse 4, then we go into verse 5. Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with him. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Verse 6. They drew back and they fell to the ground. By just saying that, who are you looking for? He said that we are looking for Jesus. He said that I am Jesus. By that statement, when he said, I am he, they drew back and they fell to the ground. The power of that word caused them to be slain by the anointing. So, do you think that Jesus could not have escaped if he wanted to? Yet the Bible says that, like a sheep led to the slaughter, he went without a word. We have a n s w e r for everything. We know everything. We know everybody. We know every situation. Some situations are above and beyond. When it comes to the house of God, when it comes to serving God, people are so funny. If God embraced shame, disgrace, just so you and I can be free, what is it that you and I can ever do? To impress God, if not to become humble, be of a contrite spirit and have honor for His word. Some of us, there is no fear of God in us. See, I did not have the fear of God in me, but I'm telling you that since last year, a, a, certain, a certain thing has. Entered into my life a certain dread for the name of Jesus. Sometimes, when I'm doing something, I am thinking about this, this action that I am taking. Will they allow anybody to stand anywhere to say that all these people they say they are serving Jesus? That word it breaks my heart. That for somebody to say that because I behaved foolishly and not in God. There are sometimes people who say that just because they are jealous and what they are saying, it, hasn't, it doesn't have any spiritual grounds. But sometimes it's just because some people are just foolish. And we bring, imagine that you are working for somebody, you did not have a job, and somebody took you. And decided to help you out, give you a job to do. He, you and the person sat down and you agreed on what you will receive every month. Then, after you start the job after three months, that's when you realize that the money is too small because now you've come to know money. So now you begin to steal from the person. Then we, we come to prayer meeting, and when we see you praying, oh, yeah. Somebody can stand somewhere and look at you in, in utter disbelief that hey, this person is praying. Sometimes you, a Jamai, some, some guys and some girls, we, a Jamai, a s h e m a when they talk about fornication, it is the dress we wear. And that receptionist working in the hotel. Has just seen how in the past week you have come to sleep with eight or nine people, different people, and they come to church and you are holding the microphone. So we lift up holy hands, and the person is sitting in the congregation looking at you, shocked in disbelief. Do you know why? 
is because we have not learned what our reasonable sacrifice to God is. Our reasonable sacrifice. For the price that he paid for our liberty, spending 10 minutes with him a day cannot hurt you. Spending 20 minutes with him a day cannot hurt you. You cannot be so busy in your life that this God who became man and hanged on a tree naked, you, if you, are, if you have money like Dangote, and they say that, go and hang on a tree and let's strip you cross, you wear your pants, you will leave your pants, and we will cane you 39, so that we will, not, we will not burn an entire village. Will you do it? Even with Dangote's little money, will you do it? But the God of glory left all the glory and embraced this disgrace and hanged on the tree so that the curse will be broken, so that our obedience can be restored, so that our peace can be restored, so that our joy can be restored, so that our lives can be restored. And all he is asking of us in his temple is that honor me with your lives. Honor me with your time. Honor me with your words. Honor me with your substance. Some of us, we are bold to say that for me to give my money to the church so that the pastor will eat it, I'll go and sit in the drinking bar and drink myself to stupor. But you are still coming to church. And you see, the funny thing is that when these people are dying, they say that, can you go and find me a pastor? God save me. But you said that you, you don't need anything from this God. You can't give your time to your God. You can't give your education to your God. You cannot give your finances to your God. You cannot give your beauty to your God. You cannot give your intelligence to your God. But when disaster strikes, then you are asking. We, we, there, is, there is a song that we sing. Where is our God? Where is that? That's the kind of songs we, we begin to sing. Our reasonable sacrifice. People of God, we are in the month of Lent. For those who don't know, Lent is, is when Christians decide to fast for the next 40 days, anticipating the death of Jesus Christ, his resurrection, and the promise of the spirit to come can you can you give 5 minutes every day to read just two verses some some of us here after today we will not open our bible at all. you hear that oh we have a meeting oh we have church service some of us we have not even been curious enough to know who is this Jesus who died for us? How did he die for me? Where did he die for me? If we do a Bible quiz right now, hey, we will be shocked at some answers we will get. <laughs> and we are not going to ask any, we are just going to ask questions about Jesus, his life, and how he lived. We will be shocked at the level of ignorance we will exhibit concerning the Jesus whom we claim is our God and our Lord. Your wealth is not as great as the wealth of God. The Bible says that the city, the new Jerusalem, the foundations, 12 foundations built with 12 different precious stones. Let's go to Revelation 21. When we begin to read from verse 10, this is what the Bible says. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Wow. It's radiance like the most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had great high wall with 12 gates, and at the gate, 12 angels, 
and on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. And the east three gates, north three gates, south three gates, west three gates. And on the wall of the city twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the apostles of the Lamb. I mean, when we continue, he said that, And one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold. <laughs> To measure the city and you see even the tape measure for measuring the city is made of gold when we look at verse 18 verse 18 says that the wall was built of jasper while the city was pure gold clear as glass this is the city that this god has built so you what kind of money do you have that you you want to lift yourself and portray yourself as beyond this god he said that the foundation of the city was adorned with every kind of jewel have you have you seen gold as transparent as glass before that is what the bible calls pure gold the street of the city was pure gold and this god says that i want to teach you how to live with me in the earth as you will live with me in heaven where my throne is i want to teach you how to do that here on earth so i've given you the temple i have given you the systems of the temple i've given you the practices of the temple i have given you the principles you can learn from studying the temple i have given you activities to perform in the temple I have given you commands to keep in the temple. I have given you all these things so that when you get to where I am, you will know how to live with me. And we are trying to squander this opportunity here. There are some people you give them, come and lead opening prayer. They say that I can't do it. When will you be able to? You have been a Christian for five years. When will you be able to lead prayer meeting? You give some people come and lead Bible studies. They say that, oh, I cannot lead Bible studies. You've been a Christian for three years. When will you be able to lead Bible studies? Oh, we are doing a program. We need people to volunteer. Some to be ashes, some to be part of the protocol, some to direct traffic. Some people say that, ah, you want, you want my designer shoes? To go and stand in that mud. Oh, do you know? Do you know how much my clothes cost? Really? How much is your life? That's the question I want to ask you. How much is your life worth? Some people even get so ridiculous to the fact that they say that. Do you know how much I gave the church? I gave the church, I gave the church 30,000. I gave the church 50,000. Really? You gave the church 50,000? And so God is supposed to be so impressed because you gave 50,000? <laughs> when the city that he has built is made of every precious jewel and even the streets are made of pure gold, you want to scoff the name of god because huh. listen this evening I, I i don't really want to talk so much but i want to tell you you see we are young people listen we are young people this is the best time for us to serve god and to learn to serve him in spirit and in truth some people feel they are so anointed that if they don't lead prayer meeting, everybody else that leads prayer meeting, they are praying that the person will flop. <laughs> Can you imagine? Now we are in church and you ask somebody who is not the, the regular prayer guy or the regular prayer lady to go and lead and you ask some shy lady or some shy guy that the Lord is saying that, I want you to help build the confidence of this person. So begin to give this person opportunity to lead. And the person who is regular is angry because you are giving somebody an opportunity to grow up in the house of God. 
and they are there they won't pray while they are praying they have folded their arms looking at the person praying in their head say let this person flop so that they will know that it takes anointing and not just any anointing but my anointing to set the atmosphere for church what is your prayer (laughs) our reasonable sacrifice please let us not become ridiculous as believers there are so many young people that have become ridiculous as christians somebody says that i'm all about the money you are all about what money somebody says i'm on my grind oh i'm keeping my hustle what hustle when god is trying to deliver you from grind and hustle (laughs) you want to go and hustle if only we will understand what god is trying to do for us if only we will make sense of it that the only way you and i can say thank you to god is to become reasonable is by being humble being contrite in spirit and respecting the word of god I don't know what your Christian relationship is. I don't know how your walk with God is. I don't know what your struggles with God are. I don't know what ridiculous excuses you've been given for the past five years concerning why you are not spiritual and why you are not serious with God. But my prayer is that today the Holy Spirit will grant you and I the grace to come out of our foolishness and our pride. You see, pride, I've come to know, is not when you say things that you don't have and when you are arrogant and you are, you are boastful. That's not pride. To me, pride is thinking that your life and your sacrifice is greater than that of Christ, that your time is worth more than the time of Christ. That your beauty is worth more than the beauty of Christ. That your obedience is worth more than the obedience of Christ. That is pride. To think that if you are there, it is enough. You don't even need God. That is pride. Pride is when man thinks that he is better than God. That is pride. I pray that you and I will not think ourselves better than God. The God who knows better says that let us pray, let us fast, let us give, let us be honest, let us be truthful, let us have self-control over our emotion. So what I am saying is this, you see we have all these things that God is asking from us, it's difficult, listen, I'm not discounting the fact that what God is requesting of us as human beings is difficult. It is difficult. How can you as a student give to God when you already depend on somebody to even fend for yourself? How can you as somebody, you know, care for more other people when your situation is described by other people as deprived? It's difficult. But that is why we talked about what we talked about on Tuesday. There is a reason for it. We have to ask questions to understand. Ask the questions. But as we are asking the questions, let's present this body a sacrifice living holy unto God. It is our reasonable service. That's the only... All that the Lord is asking of us is be holy as I am holy. Be generous as I am generous. Be kind as I am kind. Love as I love. Be merciful as I am merciful. Some people here, you are here, you are holding grudges, bitterness, unforgiveness in your heart. You hey, what this person has done, I will never, ever, ever eat. So what if God also decides that from today, I will never, ever, ever forgive you? Will you survive? 
everything that we are going through compared with what God has for us is, is, is nothing. And that is why in, in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul said that if you understand the love of Christ, you will realize that everything else dwarfs to it. Whether they are trials, whether they are temptations, whether they are hardships, whether they are persecution, everything compared to his love for us, it's nothing. Let's honor this love by presenting our human temple. Now remember we said that the temple is the meeting place and the dwelling place. What God is saying that this dwelling place, your body as his temple, give it to him you don't know what to do with it you think you do but you and i we don't know what to do with this body the bible says that even our heart it is so deceitful about anything else we can think or imagine the heart is deceitful and it, the bible says it is exceedingly wicked you don't you don't know yourself the god that knows you is saying that give me all you are your time give me your eyes give me your ears give me your tongue your mouth let me use it give me your hands give me your feet give me your 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 what do they call it the the larynx your voice give me your voice Some of us, we go and write lyrical. When we were growing, we used to go and buy. We would play the tape and we would pause. Then we would write the lyrics of the song. And we would rewind the tape. We would rewind. Then we would see if what we wrote, we are right. We would learn the lyrics of the song. How many songs and psalms and hymns have you sat down to learn? Not the one that passed through your ears when you were in church. That you actually went to research, wrote it down, learned the various tunes that it can be sung in. Our reasonable service. Praying is not too much. It's just a reasonable service. Let's learn to give our reasonable sacrifice to god it is a sacrifice that's why we are supposed to lay it on the altar it's a sacrifice it will every sacrifice that requires apart from the grain offering every sacrifice you bleed every sacrifice we expected blood out of it whether it was an ox whether it was a sheep whether it was a goat whether it was a dove we expected blood to be spilled so a sacrifice is not nice praying is difficult let alone to pray for an hour or two is difficult to study the word haven't you realized that studying the bible is more difficult than reading a novel of 200 pages you can spend three days reading a novel of 300 pages you even know that you are challenged you have your bookmark thing and wherever you go you slide it in so that you, you don't forget which page you were reading but have you realized that to read even one chapter is is very difficult it's a reasonable sacrifice Have you, have you realized that it's so easy and so simple to listen to worldly music? But it's like it's so difficult to just sit down and say that for the next 30 minutes, I will not move. I'll just sit down here and listen to worship music. It's difficult. So I'm not belittling that the things that we are supposed to do, they are easy. No. But you see, when... When we acknowledge this and we become humble, the Bible said that the Lord will lift us up. When we recognize our weakness, He said, I now let the weak say, I am strong. When we recognize our weakness, the Lord will make us strong. 
Apostle Paul discovered it and that is why he said that. And when I am weak, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. My prayer for you and I tonight is that we will understand this church business. That we will understand this church, this work of God, this temple work, the temple system, the temple activities, the demands of the temple, that we will understand it as we are. Me, I'm asking, me, I'm encouraging you to ask questions. But know that whatever questions that you are asking, it is proud for you to think that your position is better than God's position. That your, your wisdom is better than God's wisdom. That your knowledge is better than God's knowledge. That your understanding is better than it is pride. The Bible said that pride goeth to a fall. Our lives will crash when we have pride. But when we become humble and contrite, we will get into the realm of elevations and upliftings. This evening, I pray for somebody. I pray this evening that somebody will recognize the grace of God and recognize that Jesus deserves our time. Jesus deserves our prayer. Jesus deserves our devotion. Jesus deserves our worship. Jesus deserves our substance. Jesus deserves everything that he is demanding of us. He deserves it. Because after all, the Bible says in the book of Colossians, all things were made through him all things were made for him and in him all these things they are held together these things they don't fall apart because he is keeping it so it's our reasonable sacrifice heaven is my throne the earth is my footstool what is that house that you think you can build for me all that i i require It's a humble and a contrite spirit. And for you to honor, respect, have reverence, fear my word. Tonight I pray that the testimony of God in our lives will be that we were humble. That we were contrite in spirit. And that we had reverence for the word of God. I want you to pray and ask God to help you. God bless you for listening. Maranatha, the Lord comes.